the big silence, empowering personal experiences, inspiring compassion, and healing lives. We are no longer silent. We are here. The Big Silence. Hello and welcome to the Big Silence podcast. I am your host, Karina Dawn. I'm a mental health advocate, wellness entrepreneur, and co-founder of the leading women's fitness community, Tone It Up. I'm also a New York Times bestselling author and founder of the nonprofit, The Big Silence Foundation. I'm also a wife, daughter, friend, and yes, palm mom of five. And just like you, I'm a work in progress. I have experienced profound grief and trauma and then found deep joy in life. And now I'm here to share my story, be a safe space for you to share yours. And we're having in-depth conversations with psychologists, doctors, spiritual leaders, friends, and others who have been impacted directly or indirectly by a mental health condition. No more embarrassment, no more shame, no holding back, only healing. Let's go! Mental health is my wealth, the stress up on the shelf. Nobody can love me the way I love myself. Seeking ye shall find the truth and the light. I'm living my purpose, so I sleep good at night. No more depression or spiritual recession. And every day that I wake up, it's a blessing. So breathe in, breathe out. Everybody in the house know what I'm talking about. The big silence, the big silence. So, Bobby, I just got done interviewing Emmy. Yes. And usually I get to hear the entire interview. And then we do this intro. And today, I was not here. You're busy on the bobcat. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> got to move some dirt. You know, executive handyman can't be everywhere at one time. But yeah, so I remember Emmy in the 90s when I was growing up. She is the pioneer in women's body empowerment. Mm-hmm. And she was a supermodel then. And now she's an activist and she's incredible. So she was actually chosen as one of Glamour Magazine's Women of the Year, Ladies Home Journal's Most Important Women in America, and People Magazine's 50 Most Beautiful twice. Hmm. So full-figured model, the first full-figured model to have a Revlon contract and hosts the first makeover show, Fashion Emergency. So she was breaking barriers all along the way. I'm excited for this conversation. She has really good advice for for every generation, really, about body positivity, self-love, um, important thing about triggers and moving into swimsuit season, mm-hmm. and just really overall great advice for women. And also, she has a daughter who has moved into her same industry. One thing that she, I was asking her about her, what she loved to do for fitness, mm-hmm. And she said kite surfing is on her bucket list. Yeah. I've never done it. I haven't either. And I was like, well, where would you go? Because she lives in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And she said, Baja, California. Oh. And I said, like Cabo? And she said, yes. Wow. And I said, well, I'm going there Sunday. Mm. So she's like, she's convincing. So are you committing to kite surfing? Because this is this is interesting. You've already committed to wake surfing, which has never happened yet. I just can't get up. But you've never tried it. I have. Where were you? On the boat. I tried four times. I don't remember that. 
Emily's here laughing. He doesn't remember sometimes, me in the water. Sometimes people can have dreams that are so intense that we <laughs> think they happen in real life. I think that could be one of those situations. No, call Malcolm. Call Jeremy. They were all in the boat. Call Seo. Little Riri. Little Rai Rai was there. Was, <laughs> was I on Riri. the boat? Yes. So anyways, I have, I'm going, we're going wake surfing again on Friday. I'm going to try mm-hmm. again. And then I booked a plane where I can jump out of an airplane. Wow. And go skydiving. And then I'm going to go kite surfing all and in a week. Is, what, what day is today? Uh, Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. It's, it's not, it's not April 1st, right? <laughs> okay. I was just checking because, so you're going to go from your very, safe lifestyle to now you're jumping out of a plane, you're going wake surfing on Friday, you're going to be not only surfing, but you're going to go kite surfing. And Tuesday, we're looking at 10 to 20 foot waves in Cabo. That's I'm going to be out there, blue crushing it. This and, is sexy. You know, oh, really? I used to say safety is sexy, but let's throw it all out the window. Let's just jump out of the plane. Maybe you can jump out with a parachute and you can have like a board strapped to your feet. And then when you get down, you can do kite surfing right okay. from there. I can do that. Do you Perfect. want me to be even sexier? Give it to me. So today, this morning, I missed my workout. But I was That's thinking... Not sexy. No, no, no. Wait for that. I was thinking of jumping on one of your dirt bikes. That's putting on that helmet. Hot. And I'm going to go ride the trails. Wow. Mm. Super sexy. Very nice. This sounds like an intro to, um, <laughs> there was a, a series of motocross videos called Moto Triple X back in the in the day, in the 90s, early 2000s scene. And they used to have intros on some of their things. It'd be like the sexy girl talking like that. And on the inside of my high school ring is engraved Moto Triple X. Yeah. I was never really like looked like that scene, but I was like, oh, that's so just kind of reminded me, maybe if they do a resurgence, you could do some uh, some intros, very sexy intros. Well, awesome. And here's mm. the big letdown. I'm not doing any of that. All right, moving. Wait, here's another <laughs> shocker. Not shocked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's not a shocker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, um, Back to your podcast guest. <laughs> I think Bobby just wants to have a motocross and like extreme sports podcast. I would I would be a good sidekick for that. I don't know about that. <laughs> um, all right. Podcast with Emily. This is beautiful. No, if- Emily's right here. Emmy. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're getting mixed up. I wasn't even in the room and I know all this stuff. That's because I'm so beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are beautiful, Emily. <laughs> Another golden intro with Bobby Gold. Steen. <laughs> Thank you. All right. And now the podcast with me. Emmy. Thank you for hanging out and hanging on with us. <laughs> um, so this is a great podcast. If you are of any generation, even a teenager, just skip past the um, intro. But yeah, enjoy it. And we'll see you on the flip side. Let's get extreme. All right. I am so excited for today's guest. Here is Emmy. Hello. Hello. 
Welcome. <laughs> Thank you for sitting down with me and getting to know each other. I was just telling you, I remember you when I was growing up in the 90s and you just stood out to me as a strong, powerful woman. woman. And you are the pioneer in making women feel good. And Aww. I believe that. And the pioneer in body positivity. So I don't know where to start with that. I have so many questions and maybe we can start there because you were modeling in the 90s. Can you tell me how you got into it? What you had to, what hurdles you had to overcome to do what you did to become the pioneer? Well, it's always a team effort. So I, I can take, thank you so much for giving me <laughs> this wonderful intro. It takes a, a, a true village and, and lots and lots of people to help you achieve great success. And also other models that were doing different steps, but I just happened to be very loud and I had a background as a reporter and I just never wanted to get into the modeling industry in the first place. Many, many years ago, people would say, oh, you should, you're tall, you have some looks, you should get into it. But I, I just didn't want to lose weight. And I was, oh, I think I was born a size 12 athlete. I mean, Amazonian. And I got a full athletic scholarship to Syracuse for rowing. I was invited to Olympic trials. So that was who I was. Mm -hmm. When I left reporting and journal, being a journalist in Arizona at an NBC affiliate, I had that curious mind always when I was a little kid, always curious. So when I came back to New York City and I was working as a marketing executive for a real estate firm, a temporary office space, I was looking in an on-flight magazine to promote our office space. And I read this article on full-figured modeling. And I had never heard of this before. And I started asking around saying, what the heck is this? And, and, you know, really? Is this really legit? And I put on my, my pantsuit, my black and white crepe polyester pantsuit with the thick poly, uh, patent leather belt and walked in on a lunch hour and knocked on a door. And I was asked to work with this modeling agency for, for a while. They didn't pay me for six months, so I went to Ford Models, and that's when my career just started taking off and where I started using my, my curiosity and seeing what women were saying, the high-end models were saying about themselves or not eating or smoking cigarettes at lunch or how the attention on the set to those models versus the gals that were size 12, 14, you were 12, 14, or 16. And uh, stylists would say strange things and, and you wouldn't have really great clothes to wear. They were all very boxy. And, but it was the very beginning of mm -hmm. the industry. And the more that I was in the industry at the early stages, I, start, I kept on thinking there is such an odd reflection of who I know in my own world and my neighbor's as to what we want to wear here. This is not in sync with, we want the cool, it, it was the eighties or late eighties, early nineties. It was like, you know, uh, B-52s, lots mm -hmm. of fun, fun dance clothes. And, and yeah, it was not all moo-moos, but that's all that I was wearing. Mm -hmm. So when I started going out on the road and working for clients on the road as a spokesperson, women were starting to talk to me. And this is before the internet. And I set up an in a website and 850,000 hits per month for three years in a row when I started working with E and being a host for Fashion Emergency and doing a couple of clothing lines and really getting very active saying, well, why not have 
more of an array of fashion for all of our personalities to be satisfied and satiated. Absolutely. And, you know, so that's how it all kind of began. I, I was not wanting to be a model. <laughs> <laughs> but you're a businesswoman and just, it took you yes. that way, but you were able yes. to combine. the opportunity. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's great. I mean, I started out in modeling too and developed into a, a business, but even as a mo- having a modeling career, you have to manage, you are a business and um, you were able yeah, I was think of it in any other way, Corinna. You cannot you yeah. you if you think that you're going to start feeling better about yourself, or if you're going to have people saying, "Oh, you're so fabulous," you are a clothes hanger. Yeah, how does that yeah. affect your mental health? Because it seriously affects your mental health as the model. Yeah, if you're not whole or connected, and most models start before the age of eighteen. Mm-hmm. A lot of them, not most, I can't say most, but a lot of models do start before the age of eighteen when you're still developing, you're still learning, you're still growing, you're still learning who you are. Exactly. I started when I was twenty-eight, so I had a huge advantage. Oh wow! Coming yeah. in, yeah, you had that mental strength already. You know who you are, and so you're a little bit more. A little yeah. bit more. I know. I'm forty-one now, and definitely at twenty-eight, I was figuring it out. <laughs> Still, yeah, I'm still figuring it yeah, out. I, I know. Well, I love that though. I'm always going to change and grow, and I I get so excited. You know, each year you become wiser, and honestly, it's. It, I wouldn't want to go back to my twenties. I would my teens, if only. But I mean, I never regret anything because it become made you who you are today and me. Right. But um, I love getting wiser with age. Yes. But, so. Okay, you're 28, and are you surrounded by models in the same age, or did you work with a lot of teenagers that you saw what they were going through? Were you a mentor? I was. I was uh, pretty much. There were a couple of models that were a little older than I was in my division, but in um, when we were on a shoot for catalogs, it was all it was all ages, and there yeah. were many times I was the oldest one but we really didn't talk about our age. So it was never something that came up, but I certainly was, you know, when like half of me, the other girls were that that's what, you know, the straight size girls were, they were practically half of me. Yeah. And um, I just felt badly. I was at a shoot in Aspen, uh, Colorado, and it was a three day shoot. We had a common area. All the bedrooms were around this one common area. And almost every night, we sat around and talked about how to manage the modeling and how it affected one's soul. Mm-hmm. Um, not being able to eat enough and how do you do it? And can I gain weight to get in your division? And, you know, I keep on beating myself up and I have to hit a certain bar and it's really hard. And, you know, we as a consumer of magazines and a consumer of products that models uh, show and reflect, we don't think ever it's not really something that we would do that how hard was it for that model to get that job or what what do models that are in the straight size industry what do they have to do to maintain that ultra ultra thin body type because only one to two or three percent of the world can really fit into this six feet size zero frame size two frame and what are the agents or the managers saying that if they don't hit this certain mark and how many people is this one model feeding back in another European country? That happened a lot. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful women. Beautiful. They were the golden goose, but they're living in a one room situation. Yeah. 
sending all their money back. So you don't, we don't know. So the Model Alliance is a, is a group that I've been working with in the United States. And there's other organizations in the UK doing the same thing that really go and look at how the modeling and the professional performance, performance industry are treating the individuals reflecting goods, reflecting, reflecting products for sale. Because when you lift up that veil, pretty interesting. So checks and balances are being put into place. You have to have it. Yeah. You have. have you seen a shift mm-hmm. in the fashion industry that it's improving on models, mental health and taking care of, you know, those or I know body diversity is the big topic now, but you've been talking about it since the nineties. <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure there's been some work done. Don't give up. <laughs> Just keep going. Keep Just going. Keep going. Well, there's so many beautiful reflections and younger reflections and middle age reflections of this uh, embodying diversified shape, diversified skin color. Thank God, finally, it's it's happening. I mean. It's better for everyone in the society to see more of the images that look more like themselves. Yeah. It's really important. It's vitally important. I'm so glad that what I was was talking about diversity when I was in the industry in the early 90s and beyond. And I just didn't understand. Here I was, an athlete, and I was mm-hmm. having a hard time finding really great, beautiful white shirt. I love white shirts, but I love Anne Fontaine. Mm-hmm. I love this French line, and I could not get in because my my shoulders were so broad, and it just didn't fit right, and it didn't, you know, my boot, you know. And so when I started talking to other people, they were like, "It's very, very hard if you are athletic." I mean, think of all the female athletes, just really, truly, and also the Olympic athletes. Many of them, when they are given, you know, they're given their BMI, they're considered obese. So that whole mm-hmm. measurement of who we are as a physical human being, both with the clothing and both with how we're measured, are seemingly flawed. But there's lots of solutions that are in, in the mix. The, have we seen an increase of better reflections of beauty, the more of a bouquet of beauty? Yes. I know there's been work done at fashion shows and at shoots that there's certain checks and balances that there's no lingering on sets and that, that, you know, that younger models need to be accompanied, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Is it followed every single time? Is it, you know, is it really a standard? I'm not sure, but I do believe that some crews really take it seriously and that there has to be improvements. So There's I can't say keep, 100%, but I think that keep it fighting. is better. Yeah. <laughs> Don't give up. Yeah. Keep on using your voice. Yeah. And now with your daughter being a beautiful model herself, how did you go about raising her to making sure she had a positive body image in such a, you know, obsessed society of image and then going on to you know, be in the same industry that you were in? Well, you know, she grew up around the work that I was doing and it was close to impossible to keeping her from it because I brought her with me uh, to different locations and to different shoots and when she was very young. So she's very, you know, 
it was <laughs> was not intentional. And now that she's with um, a wonderful agency, I, you know, I just said she's in college, and I really, I really want her to be able to get her degree. Um, she can work during the summers or the winters or whatever during break. But it's really important in our family that she gets her degree and whatever she wants to do afterwards. And I know that she wants to get out and really have a lot of fun with traveling and, and being able to work within the industry, make some money and then possibly and get back into the work that she's doing with film. So yes, we, we, we talked a lot about accountability for ourselves and not just trying to look a certain way for someone else, whether it was a boyfriend whether it was with a girlfriend group and we were accountable to ourselves. You know, we had to really speak about how our feelings were when, when our, you know, during the month you would have ups and downs and, you know, Oh, I just don't feel like I look pretty or I don't feel like I, I, you know, I'm I really don't feel. So listen, our emotions go up and down every single day and every single week. And as long as we just don't body bash ourselves and, you know, self-flagellate and we can do something that we can focus on that does make us feel better. And whether it's, she saw me meditating and she started meditating on her own. And that's now a practice that she's pretty much, I mean, I need it without, you know, without a good meditation in the morning, I feel like I'm missing a step during the day. So I like that. Yeah. She, right? <laughs> no, literally, I was just talking to my husband. I'm, I've been so flustered lately. And he's like, what is wrong with you the past two months? I'm like, I don't know. And I literally, I have my little like ring on that tracks your heartbeat, you know? And oh, I was like oh. feeling anxious. And I was just like sitting there and like anxious. And it was like 85 beats per minute. I was like, too high. And then I took six deep breaths. Oh, yeah. 50 BPMs. Just like that. It's so easy to like calm yourself down just by breathing. And yeah, and if you're listening, the it's with meditation, it's actually quite simple. Everyone thinks it's, you know, I don't have two hours to sit in silence a day. It doesn't have to be that like take five minutes, take five breaths. Breathing, the breath is is where we can get ourselves back. And it actually helps our brain to get the air, helps our bodies, all our cells. And it's like, I always say, I love the ocean. Mm-hmm. And when I, I do a, a weekly meditation at seven o'clock Eastern Standard on the official Emmy on Instagram, okay. and I, I just do a half an hour, I do a little reading of inspiration stuff. And then I do the, the 20, I try to do 20 minutes, but we go a little too far in the reading. But I always talk about the a way a wave would come and a big crest, that's a deep breath in, and then it comes forward and it crashes and it comes up on the the sand and just copy that, that when you get freaked out, stop, look and listen and bring your shoulders down and get the breath in. You will feel differently. Yeah. It's, you know, it's really, really important. And you don't have to do You start with 10 minutes, but then you're going to want more. Mm-hmm. You're going to want more. 20 minutes is fine. So I want to bring back, you mentioned the girl group pressure earlier. Yes. What... Does that look like? And what is your advice? Because I'm sure when you're in the industry, uh, you had a lot of pressure with the females and then also probably your daughter and her girl group. I know with mine in growing up in the 90s, it was it was awful. They would be like, I only had one Diet Coke and a carrot today. Like it was the worst, but no one was talking to us and we didn't, 
know. I mean, even the magazines back then, people are like, social media is so bad. I'm like, I had 17 magazine back then. <laughs> it was there. That's right. So what's your advice on that? You can't be silent with this. You have to talk to somebody that you can get the pain that you're going through to somebody else, like an adult, like a, a counselor or a parent. If you can talk to your parents, that's really, really important because when somebody is feeling so badly about themselves, they want to get it off their chest and they want to get it onto somebody else in a very unconstructive way. And when they feel that they can feel better by taking their sadness or their disappointment or their jealousy or whatever it might be, and they try and project it onto you, it's really not about you at all. And if you, it's very hard to tell someone that's young, take a deep breath and just say, you know what? I'll get back to you on that. Turn around and walk away. Don't engage. Don't, conf- don't be a part of the resistance. Don't be a part of the back and forth and trying to defend yourself. People don't want to have you be right when they're feeling so badly. That's the worst type of bully. So it's the best part is just to disengage, turn around and get out of there as as quickly as you can. And, you know, sometimes when you're a kid and you're, my, my daughter went through something and she told an adult and she thought she could trust them. And the adult told somebody else and that spread throughout the whole school that my daughter was being bullied and um, she refused to engage and it kept on happening and happening. And they wanted her to join in on being a bully to other people. And she was like, there is no way. There's just no way. And um, she had to really work on focusing on the stuff that was going well in her life and not focusing on the the comments, the side comments from people when she would walk, you know, into where the, the you know, the dining hall or whatever. And uh, it did die down because she didn't engage. It's about not engaging with people who say really mean things and uh, being able to, you know, fitness and walking mm-hmm. and movement. There's a chemistry that takes place, a chemical reaction in your body when you go out and you move. I have a hashtag called play sweat win. When you go out and play or when you go out and move and you do something for your body, you are going to sweat a little bit and you win. You win not on just how you might look, which is really secondary. You win on how you feel. And when you don't maybe have someone to talk to about stuff, if you can get into the practice of just having a practice of walking, running, snowshoeing, kite surfing, whatever the heck it is, right? That's going to help relieve you. It's going to take, it's going to raise your serotonin levels. It's going to raise other wonder, feel good hormones in your body so you can feel better. But the most important thing is to bring whatever issues that you're having around bullying to someone else that can actually give you some good advice or be a good active listener for you. Yeah, I love that advice. And that's why we're called the big silence because you shouldn't be suffering in silence and keeping anything in. So it's so Mm -hmm. important to always speak up. You mentioned snowshoeing and I want to, I want to find out what your wellness fitness toolbox is. I've heard (laughs) you say snowshoe a couple of times. What do you love to do? I love currently. Um, okay. So on my bucket list, I'm, I'm going to be a kite surfer. I am, I am a kite surfer, um, in the making and I, I have all the kite surfers on my Instagram feed so that when I just have a moment and I want to just laugh and I want to go, yes, you know, 
I look at that. And so that's going to happen. That's a bucket list. I cannot wait to go to Baja. Is that where? Okay. Oh yeah. That's, that's the place where the kite surfers go. Like Cabo area or? Yeah. I'm going going to Cabo on Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) I was, when you said kite surfing, I'm like, I always remember there being kite surfers in Cabo. Oh, so just do a couple of squeals and a couple of like, oh my God. Please, that's oh, like no, I don't know. That's on my bucket list. Okay. And I, I can't wait, but I have to learn how to do it before I get down to that wind. The wind yeah. down there, really, I don't want to be taken away from the bit, you know. The mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, so um, because once you cross a certain line, that's the trade winds. So Ooh, say have to learn how to how to bring it back. <laughs> anyway, I do walking and I'm also really cherishing my my hiking through the trails mm-hmm. and the forest. I feel that that's like my church. And, um, I love biking. I like going on, I like going on my bike for MS rides and I haven't done that in a long time. And I'm going to sign up for that for the, um, in September, my dad had MS unfortunately and, and passed, but, and I've now more friends with the autoimmune disorder. So it's always fun to use fitness for charity too. Yeah. Um, to raise money and funds and like that. So I love all, I love snowshoeing so much. I love it. It's low impact. You get to have fun. You get to be outside when it's really cold and you're warm from your nose to your toes. And the apres ski is a really even great. And it's wonderful. I just love, love, love snowshoeing. Do you like snowshoeing? I've never been snowshoeing. <gasps> you have to do that. I know. I have, I almost, my, one of my best friends lives in upstate New York and we were going to once, but then we didn't do the snowshoes. We just like hiked through snow, but I would, I, I would like to try that. But it's, it's not as easy. Excuse me. It's not as hard as what a lot of people think. They yeah. think something is going to be arduous and really hard. It's not yeah. just take it step by step. And if you move quickly enough, you're really going to be warm and you'll, you're going to start stripping down all those wool layers that you have. And that's the, the point that just keep nice and warm when you start mm-hmm. and then be able to strip down and tie it around your waist, have lots of water with you. And you could go for a long time. And the fitness that you get from snowshoeing, oh, yeah. low impact, anyone can do this old, young, larger, smaller. It doesn't matter. I just, I, I want, my big goal is to be a, a, a spokesperson for a big snowshoe fitting outfit group. And yeah. you would, would be good. Be- I love, okay. First of all, I love the excitement when I asked the question of what you like to do for your wellness and fitness routine, because it shows, and you know, we've been talking about mental health and moving your body, but it shows how exciting and how you can look forward to working out and working out doesn't have to be something that you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Like you're so excited about kite surfing, snowshoeing, hiking. And also yeah. one important thing that I've learned is the seasons that we're in. And I, my love of what I would do in my 20s is different than my 30s and now my 40s. Now I'm like yoga and hiking and walking. And in my 20s, it was triathlon, which you've done triathlon. Yes. I think, I, I don't know if I'm, I think I, I don't like the running. <laughs> I could be running at the back door and say, see ya. You yeah. know, I'm not into running. So if I could do a biathlon where there's mm-hmm. uh, biking and swimming, and then maybe somebody does the running for me, <laughs> I would love that. And if I had, if I had one of the choices, I would do the swimming or the biking for yeah. sure. Like I love to swim long distance. I love being in the water, but running, mm-mm, not, not for me. It's never been for me. I've tried and done it and everything. Oh, I, it's, that's not for me. That's probably not 
from my body type too. Yeah. Well, back then running was like my thing. I'd just go on a casual 18 mile morning run and be like, this is so fun. And then I tried in 2020, I signed up for a Ragnar race and I started training and running and I was like, not for me anymore. My hips can't walk. (laughs) Good for you to listen. Yeah. But, um, and then surfing was something else I used to do a lot. And back then, but I, you know, I don't do it anymore, but I am going to attempt surfing when I'm in Cabo next week. Kite surfing. (laughs) For you. Please. No, I'm serious. You're going to have the best time. Just take a couple of classes or take, get an instructor, you know. Yeah. You see them. You've been there before, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was it? Isa. Isa Watson, I did a podcast with her a couple weeks ago and she's trying to convince me to jump out of a plane with her. (laughs) She goes (laughs) skydiving. I'm like, hold on. (laughs) I don't know about that for me, but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I, uh, I will look into kite surfing. I will look in. You'll have but to let me know. I will. I will. So okay. I wanted to ask your advice on one last thing too. So here, you know, it's swimsuit season and yeah. um, everyone's going on vacation and we're all beautiful. And, but it creates a lot, it triggers a lot of women and um, because of society that we're in. Yeah. What would your advice be to those who are being triggered and not feeling good in their own skin and their body? It's a good question. And it's an important one. We only have one life. We only have one body. Everyone is feeling the way they're feeling about their own body. And if they have, if they have to say something about your body, remember what we were talking about earlier, that people try to deflect their own bad feelings and push them on to somebody else. So are you going to live your life? in reflection of somebody else's viewpoint? Or are you just going to put your bathing suit on and take a deep breath, like a big girl, big guy, and go, I am meant to be right here, right now, and I need vitamin D, and I want to have fun swimming. And doesn't the water feel good? Focus on everything that feels good about wearing your bathing suit. Even and, and looking at your body and saying, thank you, my darling body, for taking good care of me and pumping when I still beat you up. And when I say all these things, you still, you know, you heal when I have a, a blemish or I have a scar. You know, I hurt myself and you heal, mm-hmm. you beat, you, you, your cells regenerate. You allow me every single day and year on this earth to live and experience, to taste the food, to hug the people I love. Thank you, my body, for being my best friend. And then wearing a bathing suit is going to be just one of those things that you get to do because it's fun for you and you enjoy it. So building a relationship with our bodies, like we had when we were little, Mm -hmm. is really important when we're in any age. I don't care how old you are. And I really don't mean, I don't care how old you are. Becoming really good, tight friends with your your body, just like you would be with your best friend. Honoring her, blessing her, appreciating her. Your body's got to be right there in that. And whatever needs to get done, the moment now is where you can change the way you feel about yourself because no one else has your body. And your body does so much and we don't bless it and thank it, but we can begin. And when we start focusing on that stuff that, that 
all the magnificence that our bodies do for us, wearing a bathing suit during the summer is not going to bother us in any way, shape, or form. In fact, we're going to look forward to going in that water and buying the cutest bathing suit, wearing a bikini if we want to, wearing a one piece that's really cool and wonderful, but not covering ourselves up in shame. Shame must be thrown out the window and, and blessed. I know you tried to help me. I know you were, you're trying to, someone was getting something in my mind, but I don't need you anymore. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I'm, I'm good now. I think one of the, you mentioned getting in the water and presence. And I think if you're so concerned about what other people are thinking and you're not present, because if you're getting in that water, that healing water and the sound of the ocean, and you can't enjoy that moment, like you deserve to enjoy that moment. It is yours. Who cares what they all say or they think? And they're probably not even really looking at you. Well, what if they are? Yeah. They see you in the water and whatever, you know, if you're whatever body type you have and you're enjoying yourself and you're really truly in your element, we have only the present moment to experience. And, you know, I don't know about you, but there are many years, like many, many years that I was always thinking ahead. Mm -hmm. When this happens, when that happens, when that goes on, when I make this, when I do that, I don't have a, a great recollection of specifics that were going on while I was achieving and doing because I was so focused on the, on my goals and my future. It hasn't been like almost 15 years that I have slowed it down to become really, really aware of the present. And when I start feeling anxious and I start feeling disconnected and there's resistance, I know, whoa, slow it down, girl. Yeah. Just get real now. Sit your butt down. Shut up. Just sit down and stop thinking and be here right now. Yeah. Awareness is very important in being present. And I think presence is such an important thing. And that's another thing that, you know, through meditation practice, that is what brings you back to being present. And then eventually, if you have your practice long enough, you can learn how to just be present in every moment or awareness, be like, snap back, get present again, you know? Yeah, it's it's no matter what happens, and there's a lot going on around us right mm -hmm. now, stuff that we can't control. The one thing that we can control is how we react how we live. And it has nothing to do with what someone is doing or not doing for us. The only thing that we can control is the way that we live. And the blame game needs to be thrown right out the window. The victim game needs to be thrown right out the window also. Yeah. No one's going to come and save us. No one's coming. I think it's, uh, is it Brene Brown or Mel? I think it was Mel. Yeah. I think yeah. it's Mel. Yeah. Mel Robbins. So and I, I love giving credit where credit is due because yeah. she, I just, I, I, that really resonated with me because a lot of people do wait and um, wonder, you know, what's, what's going on. Mel, our best friend, if you're listening, we love you. And okay. Well, I want to thank you so much for having this beautiful conversation with me and sharing your wisdom and any last and final thoughts or anything you want to share to everyone here? This has been a really wonderful conversation and the big silence is an important place to come to hear like-minded souls talk about their journeys. And thank you very much for allowing me to talk about my journey. The one takeaway that I, I would, it would just please me to no end is that after or during or before 
we body bash or we talk with something's going on in our life and, and we blame ourselves first immediately and we blame our bodies for X, Y, and Z that we actually start practicing loving kindness, Mm -hmm. body appreciation, and becoming more closely aligned with the magnificence of who we are. And life is short, very, very short. Don't waste our time beating ourselves up. No more shame, no more blame. I love that. And it's the truth. Thank you, Emmy. You're welcome. Thank you. you. And uh, please let me know if you do go kite surfing. (laughs) I will. Tag me Ah, me on Instagram. I'm serious. (laughs) Wait till I tell my husband this. He's like, now you're skydiving. Now you're kite surfing. What's next? Surfing and skydiving (laughs) are totally different things. Kite surfing will give you, you'll go, (laughs) I would go, during skydiving too. A different time. Yeah, you would. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Emmy, we'll be. I'll talk to you later. Have a beautiful day. Bye. Thank you for joining us today and every Wednesday. If you or anyone you know needs help now, text HERO to 741-741 to connect with a crisis counselor. Our crisis text line is private and confidential. If you loved this episode or think a loved one could benefit from listening, please share and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the.big.silence. Head over to thebigsilence.com to sign up for our newsletter to stay in the loop for live events coming up and details on the release of my memoir, The Big Silence. And as always, we'd love a like, subscribe, and leave a review on anywhere the podcast can be found. I love you, and I will see you next Wednesday. One, two, three, sing it. Here's to radical self-love. The type of love that will defeat anxiety. The type of love that defeats depression. This is the one life. This is the moment. This is the time to dig in. To be who you already are. The big silence. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. The big silence. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. The big silence. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. The big silence. Breathe in, breathe out. Breathe in, breathe out. The big silence. The big silence.